This is an ABC podcast. I've been meeting people from all over Australia as part of this podcast. And something some of them have in common is that they're living these idyllic country lifestyles. They're growing their own veggies. They've got a chook pen in the backyard. They've got a rustic off-grid house. But look, that's just not the way most of us live, right? I'm walking through the middle of Sydney right now and the idea of an off-grid, green and simple life just isn't realistic here amongst all this hustle and bustle. Or is it? I'm about to meet someone who's going to teach us about alternative ways of powering our homes from solar to batteries to taking your property off-grid, no matter where you live. I'm Fee Poole and I'm learning to live a little greener. This is Little Green Pod. I've just arrived at a terrace house in the inner city suburb of Chippendale. It's owned by Michael Mobbs, a lawyer who's become known as the off-grid guy. Ah, my favourite door knocker, someone from the ABC. (laughs) Michael, (laughs) hello. I'm Fee. Lovely to meet you, Fee. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to be here. So, Michael, what's unique about this house? It was the first house off the grid in the city, possibly in the world. The energy and water bills have never been more than $300 a year. Just to my right is a kitchen gas cooktop stove. The house is still connected to gas. I'm still feeling my way with getting rid of gas. I could show you outside, but the house has no wires coming into it from the electricity grid. Is it hard to get your home disconnected from the poles and wires? No. uh, There's no law against it. The hardest thing is not the nuts and bolts of it, but dealing with uh, councils and with planners and architects and engineers. If you ever hear the words, you can't do that from those people, you know what they're really saying to themselves is, I'm afraid of this. Butting heads with bureaucrats and getting tangled in red tape? Persistence is key. Use Michael and his off-grid Chippendale house as an example to prove it can be done. His website is sustainablehouse.com.au. If you're thinking of taking the plunge Mm. and taking your home Mm. completely off-grid, what's Mm. the first step? The first step is to get a look at your energy and water bills, get an idea of how much you're using and what the costs are. That will tell you what size panels you need, what size batteries you need and the potential savings. There's some great online calculators for these things. If you're thinking about making the switch to solar, how do you know if solar will work? Like, Does solar work for everybody? It does work for anybody that's got a bit of sun. This idea that you've got to have panels facing north is silly. If you've got a roof that doesn't face north but it faces east and west, go with that. The main thing that you can't get over is shading from trees. So if there's shade from trees, sorry, you'll have to sling a line from your Mm neighbours. And some people do that. They say, can I put solar panels on your roof and can I have some of the power? There are so many solar installation companies out there now. How do we choose one? There's probably about 30 or so people across Australia who've been in the solar game 30 or 40 years. 
you need somebody who's been in business for a while because if they've just been in business two or three years, many companies last no longer than two to five years. They won't be there to honour the warranties. The Clean Energy Council runs the Voluntary Approved Solar Retailer Program to help you find a good supplier. It's endorsed by the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission and it aims to raise the standards of the solar industry. Look for the logo and check the list for who's been given the thumbs up. So I was worried coming here today, I've got to say, because I know it is grey outside, it's rainy, it's Mm. windy, it's going to be like this potentially all week. Mm -hmm. When you're relying on solar, I mean, Mm. will you have to live differently here this week? The house is now let to a family of five. The mother's gone out, the kids are at school. She has turned off the solar system because there's not much light. She wants to recharge the batteries with what little light there is. So she is managing the system because she needs to have the energy in there. Do solar systems work on cloudy days? Short answer is yes. Solar PV systems, the ones you see on rooftops, will still be able to generate at least 25% of their usual energy output on a cloudy day. Worried about temp? No need. Solar panels conduct electricity better when they're cold. And here's a cautionary note for people wanting to put solar in. Learn from bitter experience. Osgrid did a survey of 8,000 households that were its customers and were using solar panels. Over 50% of those households the solar system was not working properly and the owners did not know it. Just because you've got panels on your roof does not mean you're getting what you bought for. You need an independent third-party monetary system. It can just take one panel. So I'm holding up five fingers. Imagine there's solar panels and they're all connected. If one of these fingers doesn't work efficiently, it will drag down all the other fingers, all the other panels, to its level of low efficiency. So data is essential. Do not get solar panels without independent data monitoring service that comes into your phone. Are your panels producing as much as they should be? Here's a good way to check. Find the manual. It will have an estimated prediction of your solar system's monthly production. Check that against the actual output you'll find that via an account connected to your inverter. Or, as Michael suggests, invest in a third-party monitoring system that will keep tabs for you. Under what circumstances do you need an inverter and batteries? You need an inverter for every solar system because all the panels produce a voltage that's different to the main wiring system in the house. You only need batteries if you want to take more of your pollution out of the air and be greener, so to speak. So what would happen with a lot of people, they might work during the day and their house would generate more energy than it uses and that would go back into the grid. There is a strong argument to say that if you store that excess energy, you do two things. Firstly, you make more money, your payback is quicker and secondly, it's a more efficient use of the energy because particularly in hot weather, when it gets over about 26 degrees the electricity lines in the air heat up and become less efficient at transferring energy and the power stations have to work work harder to pump more power down there. So all the figures in the analysis suggest that it's greener to also have batteries. The cost of a home solar PV system starts at about 3,500 bucks for a basic installation. 
A system without batteries typically has a payback period of about three to five years. After that, free electricity during daylight hours, baby. Here's a tip. Because the technology is advancing rapidly, you might want to consider a system that can be upgraded as the tech improves. Look for something that will let you add batteries and panels over time. All right, let's go visit this battery. Right. So right, I'm going to take you into the dining room and on, under my feet is a trap door. That's for storing things, but also there are batteries down there. Now, I didn't go with the well-known lithium-ion batteries like those now, phones and so on. I went with the older generation batteries. I initially tried lithium-ion batteries, but they were badly um, built, even though they're about the third top-selling battery system, badly installed, and they only gave me 40% of the promised amount of power. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. Well, the nice thing about these old batteries, they're called gel batteries, is they're very stable. How much are we talking about to do this? For a household that wants to get, say, 40 to 60% of their electricity and they've got, say, they're using about 26 kilowatts a day, which is a typical use for many four-person households, they would spend, to put just solar panels in, including an inverter for them, around about $3,000. If they wanted to add batteries, they're probably looking at another 10 to get a useful size battery system. And then if they want to go fully off-grid? Somewhere between another eight to $15,000, depending on the amount of energy they use, the aspect where you are in Australia. Some states are more expensive than others and so on. And if installing solar panels or going off-grid still sounds too hard and overwhelming, you've still got the power to change your power. Check out the Green Electricity Guide. It'll help you choose a retailer that gets their energy from planet-friendly renewables. Well, there you go. I'm standing back out on Michael Street looking at his house and you wouldn't even know it's anything special. It just looks like a regular inner city pad surrounded by neighbours. And, you know, we only had enough time to talk about solar and batteries. But Michael's also growing his own food. He's got backyard chooks. He collects and drinks rainwater. He even has his own sewage system on site. That could be a whole other podcast episode in itself. One thing's for sure. Anything is possible wherever you are. Okay, I've now taken the first step. We are officially saving for solar. And you know what? I feel powerful. I got the power. You can have the power too. I mean, heck, maybe you want to go full green hero and take your house off grid too. Whatever you do, show me, take a photo and hashtag it, Little Green Pod. And remember, you can hear other episodes of the Little Green Pod on ABC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Little Green Pod is an ABC Audio Studios and ABC Regional and Local production. It's presented by me, Fee Poole. It's produced by Samantha Turnbull. Audio engineer is Simon Branthwaite. And executive producers are Liz Keane and Rachel Fountain. 